beautiful beings. We're back on the Liberated Row podcast. I'm here with one of my favorite people, Miss Joanne Edmonds, and she's the owner of Cravings by Joanne, and she does all kind of other stuff. So I'm gonna let her talk about herself really quick. So introduce yourself. Oh, hi, everybody. Of course, like she said, I'm Joanne Edmonds. Um, this is my first podcast, so I'm kind of getting with the flow You're of it here. Great. But um. I'm excited. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to dig into the details because, like, I'm currently working on this book. Um, and the name of my book, it's, it's hard for me to say, but it's called The Molestation of My Soul. Mm. So that's the name of it. And it's hard for me to even say it. And I've been having that name ingrained in me since I was 13. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I can't wait to hear about it. I think that this um, particular podcast kind of like piggybacks off of the other podcast I made about um, breaking the chains of my mother mm-hmm. and generational curses mm-hmm. because that when we were like prefacing, you said some other things that mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that kind of goes with that. Oh, let's pull it together. Let's put it together into right. one. So we're talking about childhood trauma, but mm-hmm. I feel like we're also gonna like shadow in generational curses. Yes, so yes. that's a plus. So I just want you to talk about like where you're from, where you grew up, things like okay. that. And then you can kind of like go into, um, you know. Okay. Well, um, I'm originally from Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, my mother, my family, everyone is kind of military and stuff like that. So that's how we ended up in Louisiana. So I was raised in Louisiana. We moved out here when I was five. I made six in Louisiana. I've been out here ever since. Um, I've been living in the Baton Rouge area for the last 11 years, going on 12 years. But um, I was raised in a town called Opelousas, Louisiana. Um, and that's all I can say about that. <laughs> I literally hate it. Like it's home because my family's there, but it. I hate going back there. Right, a it's lot just of memories. The memories and just everything. Like I just had like the worst childhood that I could think of, and a lot of people, you know, really don't know about it. Um, so for me, you know, growing up. You know, people look at me and be like, oh, I was a young teenage mother and stuff like that. But growing up, I was a really quiet child to myself. I never really ran the streets. I was just, you know, always to myself in the house. I wasn't like, you know, out there just doing all kind of crazy things. But people will paint a different picture because they don't know you. Right. I always say, how old were you when you had your first? I was 16. Okay, I was 15 and I made 16 10 Mm -hmm. days later. And I always would tell people, like, for a long time, I would, like, if I was at a bar and somebody would be like, how old are you? I'd be like, I'm old enough because I'm sitting here. And people would be like, why didn't you want to tell me? And I'd be like, because you're going to do the math. You're going to think this. And I'm like, there's more to this person than just a teen mom. So, hello, teen mom. And I would love to touch on that because, yes, I was a teen mom. Um. But that didn't stop me. Right. I was a straight A student. Graduated. I actually graduated. By the time I graduated, I had I had two kids. Um graduated one of the top kids in the class as well. Um, I was really like really shy. Thank God for the teachers that I had because they really pushed me. Um two of my favorite teachers, one is Miss Weston. She was murdered a couple of years back. Her oh and her goodness. Yeah, and that, that hurt me because she Bless was like her. a savior in my life. Like when I was pregnant, she literally made sure I got all of my work. 
And then I have another teacher named Mr. Stevens. He's actually a, a calculator for NASA. He left NASA and became a teacher. He was one of the reasons that I started to love math because he really like fought for me. You not you have these teachers that some people, you know, they get this bad idea about them, but I had teachers that fought for me. And I feel like my teachers or the ones outside of my mom who really gave me my push and made me who I was today. And I have another one this is Jennifer A. Bear that I love because she's the one where I get, got all of my knowledge of what I wanted to become in this world. Like all right. the different talents I have. Because you don't have just the me. bakery. You have a kitchen. Yeah, so too. I have uh, Cravens by Joanne, which is all my baked goods and gourmet treats. And then we have Mary Jane's Kitchen. Um, also, I'm a culinary director. I run like a few restaurants, launched a couple of online restaurants as well. Okay. Um, but, I, you know, I have many talents. Like my first love was sewing. And in high school, I made a few of like the prom gowns and stuff like that for like the seniors graduating. We was oh, you telling it all today. Yeah. So okay. it's like, it goes back. Like I, to me, I had one of the worst childhoods, but I also had one of the most beautiful ones because the things that I went through, it kind of held me down and made me push. And I always tell people, you know, I'm a survivor of many things because of what I went through. Correct. And a lot of people don't know. And a lot of stuff I might touch on, my mother don't even know. I, it's hard for me to even sit down and have a conversation with her about it because I don't think we're going to make it through. Right. <laughs> Tissues. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So what... Tell me about your experience, like the first time or the first, because um, I could imagine being a child and not really um, knowing exactly like this is trauma, this is what's happening to me. But what was that pivotal moment where you were like, something is not like, this is not what home is, is supposed to be like? Well, growing up um, prior to my mother marrying into this family, we had um it was a really sheltered life, I could kind of say. Um, my mom, I always called my mom like the Betty Crocker. A lot of people were like, where you get your cooking from? Because growing up, I watched my mom. She was always in the kitchen cooking and baking for us. Even though my mother was a young mother's lord, she had me when she was 17. Right. But um, she always had this thing about her. We, I never really just seen my mother struggle. We always had lights, we always had food. We never was pillow to post. She made sure that as that part, that that was good. And that's why I kind of get my strength from. Right. Like for my kids, we don't, they don't see everything that goes on, you know, as being a mother. So when I became an adult and I started seeing it, I was like, okay, so if my mama was dealing with this baby, you know, I kind of owe her an apology. I wasn't a bad child. I was just misunderstood because of what I was going through. And I love how you are taking accountability that you like reflected on the different perspective. Cause mm -hmm. I think I touched on that at one point too, where I'm like, yeah, my mom was like this because my mom was not an emotional woman. She was a hardworking woman, yeah. but not an emotional one because where she came from and who she was raised by was like, we ain't got time for emotions. Yeah. So taking that into consideration and understanding, okay, my mom didn't have the tools that she needed to mm -hmm. be an emotional mother. To yeah. Me, even though I'm an emotional being, but I'm yeah. purposefully an emotional being. Yeah, like because I'm gonna use the tool and take it and use it with my kids who were born emotional right. beings. Like growing up, um, my early childhood, so it was really amazing. Um, I kind of started going through my traumas at about the age of seven. 
Okay. Um, like I said, so I'm the oldest of seven kids. Um, when my mother, when we moved to Louisiana, and uh, my mother um separated from her uh from my old from the oldest son. I'm the oldest of them all, but he's I still call him the oldest son, oldest brother, even though I'm older than him. From his dad or whatever, she was uh she got married into this um family or whatever, and that's when hell kind of broke loose. Right. Um, for whatever reason, I still don't know to this day. Um, my mom allowed me to go live with the mother of her husband. Okay, so and, her mother-in-law. Yeah, so her mother-in-law. Okay. And I didn't understand that because why? I'm, you know, um, so I, you know, went and lived there or whatever, and I was raised um apostolic, which is, you know, you know, they just wear dresses and stuff like that. They weren't watching TV. And I had not Is that similar that to um Pentecostal? Kind of I just want way. you to explain it so yeah. people well, who don't know about I, it. From what I know, like, who was raised, like, I was raised in a really good church. Like, I love my the church family and everything. But um, we were not growing up. We couldn't wear, we couldn't wear pants. Um, you couldn't, you know, let your skin and stuff show and stuff like that. We weren't able to watch TV. And we went to church maybe four to five times a week, if I'm not mistaken. And it wasn't, it wasn't just, like, strict. It was just certain things of the world they wouldn't allow us to do. As to protect the innocent, yeah, like not watching TV. The ladies are wearing their dresses, you know, to a certain extent. It, it was themselves. really good. Like I really enjoyed it, and it was. If you're really into it, it it is a really good way to raise your kids. And I went to school there um, from maybe like third grade to like fifth, I think, okay. or fourth or something like that. Before I, because at the age of ten, I went moved back in with my mother. So at the age of six or seven, I was living with my my step grandmothers we're gonna call her and this family um i'm i'm not gonna name them now but at first it it, it kind of seemed like it you know it was really good you know and in front of everybody's eyes it was mm-hmm. oh they love her they're taking care of her but um me and another one of my cousins um was going through hell it was like I feel like somebody just dropped us off in the middle of a sex trafficking ring. That's how you could put it. It's like the people, like I didn't get that, you know, my mom wasn't there, oh, I love you type person when I was younger. Like she showed us love. She always made sure that we was good and stuff like that. But because of what she went through, she couldn't really show her emotions and stuff like that. So I make sure I do that with my kids. Right. I, I would constantly tell them I love them and how much, how proud of them I am and stuff like that. But that disconnect from me going from my mother to this family was horrible. Right. Because it's like a handful. Like I said, told you before during our preface, it's like they sat down at a round table. That's how I felt. And it was like, what are we going to do to her today? You know, I was constantly molested by my step-grandmother, my step-grandfather, my stepfather, my step uncle, then their uncles, and it's like stuff that happened like that's horrific. You know, as a child, being told that if you tell that they will hurt your mother, right. you know, and that's definitely scary. Take your time. 
We healing in here, sis. Take your time. <laughs> so do you think this was, and let me ask you this in between while you're thinking, let's let's go back. Do you think that these these actions, were they um, possibly to pay a debt? Was this like just because? Was this? No, I just think there was some sick individual. Right. I feel like my mom, um, she has a lot happened to her that she don't want to speak on dealing with that family. Cause my stepfather was abusive. Mm. I seen him constant, constantly be my mother. Like, not couldn't understand why we couldn't leave. Like, this person supposed to love us. Why are we here? Why can't we just go? Why we can't just run? You know, and it's times that he was beating my mom and I tried to get out and, you know, go get help or go run for help and got my hand slammed in the window. Fingers was broken. Like, you know, he, I used to look at this man like he was the devil himself. And it's and possible it was, to see the devil, me eye to eye with the devil like that. I feel like and I have met the moments. devil in many forms. Yeah, especially through the eyes. If you made eye through contact the in the child. moment. And that's a reason that's that I devil. don't look like people, especially males, I don't look them like really in, in the, the eyes, eyes. Because when I was young, my uncle, which is my grandmother's brother, used to tell me about how beautiful my eye, my eyes was. And he used to tell me, oh, you have bedroom eyes. I'm a child. I didn't know what that means. So I went back and I told my mom. And I was like, um, yeah, uncle said, you know, I got bedroom eyes. And she looked at me. She said, stay away from him. Eyes are the window to the soul. Right. And and that's one thing I know because, I, you know, when I, you know, I talk to people, give them that, you know, glance and stuff like that. But when we have that eye connection, you want to be on a different con- a different level right different which connection. which energetic pull is this the, yeah the push or the pull right and it could go uh, either way and when i was younger you know something thank god i did stay away from him but i was already being attacked by everybody else uh, everybody that else. was supposed to protect you and love you and that was the crazy thing so i think me going through that i said love with being harmed in a way and i say that it's because and that was going to be my question. How do you, how did you deal with relationships and like interactions with people, even just friendships, not like love relationships, even just friendships, I can imagine. How did you navigate through those it things? It was weird because it's like I was looking for something that I didn't have. Like the people who harmed me were also the people who showed me love. Like in front of everybody, oh, they loved you down. Right. But in private, they're doing all these horrible things to you. You're getting abused, getting abused, sexually molested, just everything. And then when I have to go out and navigate this world, I start attracting the weirdest people. And I wouldn't say the weirdest people, but it's like I felt like as a child, they seen that I had this something about me. The it, reflection it of them. them. Whatever was broken like, in them. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I had a mark. I felt used to feel like I had the scarlet letter A on me or something. Like, do they see? that, oh, we can do something to her and she's not going to tell because she cares so much about her. I'm like, like my stepfather used to tell me that he would hurt my siblings if, you know, I wouldn't do what he told me to do. And I'm like, this all I have. My mom would leave with my grandmother and they would be gone sometimes for, seemed like days. I, I really don't know because I was locked in my head trying to protect myself. You're a child. I remember this one time that just 
I were living in my head like crazy. My mom and my grandmother, they were going to go to Marksville, like to the casino, Grand Casino Cushada. I'll never forget that name. I still never been there because it's just like a pain inside of me for some reason. But they would always say, oh, they're going to the casino. They'll be going for a couple of days. And my stepfather was a part of a gang, one of the largest gangs in Louisiana. And they will always have all the gang members around our house. So young girls... I'm the oldest of seven kids. We have gang members in and out of our house. And I'm the oldest and I have to protect them. So I'm always on alert. It's like always. Um, and my stepfather, my mom had fixed the school before he left. One of the gang members came in the house. Not going to say God rest his soul because he harmed me too. His name was Miguel. And... To me, he looked like the character off of Mortal Kombat called Baraka. Mm. That's what he looked like. Um, and I'll tell you about how he passed, but I said that was God protecting me. He ate his food. My stepdad assumed it was me and my siblings, and he came in there mad, and he started, like, whipping us. And I, and I was like, no, we didn't do that. You need to take that up with him, because I know they didn't do it. They're sleeping. And he was like, you know what? Now, nah, mind you, he had already been molesting me and stuff for years or whatever i'm old i'm 12 now right i was gonna ask how old were you were i'm 12 you. now so he was like oh i'm a whippy and he used to wear this red snake skin belt with the snake head that was big on it he took this belt off to whip me and he was about to whip me and my sisters i made them run in the room and i said you're not about to hit us because we didn't do that and they didn't do that and he went to swing the belt and i caught the belt and it wrapped around my hand and i pulled it and i started beating him with the belt he punched me so hard, I flew into, you know, they used to have those floor screen TVs, mm -hmm. like the big ones. The I big, flew, yeah. with the bottom. Yeah, I flew into the TV. They broke the TV. So I called my aunt from down the street. My aunt that I called, um, my aunt that I called, she was the um, my oldest brother, um, his aunt, his dad's sister. So right. she was like my savior or whatever. So I called her and I told her what happened. When I, when I I took off running, her house was a few ways down from our house. By the time I got there, I had a black eye, my face bleeding and everything. And she went back and she cut up. She was like, you know, what happened? And then I told her what happened. But I get a call from my mom. It's like, why are you being disrespectful? Why are you hitting, you know, hitting John? That was his name. That was my stepdad's name. Why are you fighting back and stuff like that? And I'm like, why? Why are you not home? what are you right like this man you're not here he's constantly coming into my bedroom doing things to me that you're not supposed to do to a child but this was not voiced by you correct no no it's I, let me tell you as a child i tried to speak on this many times okay when i tried to speak on it i would get beat gotcha i wouldn't it may not have been by my mama but i would get beat like it would be bad. And so at some point you just stop talking because mm -hmm. it's like, if whoever, everybody that I'm gonna go tell, they're gonna harm me. Why and that's another thing. Why have a voice at that so point? So I voiced my opinion and I told my grandmother that he was doing that to me. How she turned around and she started listening. This is her son. Right. That's doing those things to me. Everybody I told, they started to do something to me so that's why i didn't understand like what in the world 
was I doing that made them do that? You know, and I used to like, they used to tell me, oh, your mama don't love you. She left you here with us. She only care about the other kids and stuff like that. And I was like, I couldn't understand it. Like, you don't tell a child. And I was like, I just know that can't be true. Trying to manipulate you, gaslight you. I would be sitting there like, but where is she? How you don't feel my pain and what I'm going through? And I used to just pray sometimes. And I used to put in this a I'm a, you know, believer in God because there's many times that I was like a little girl literally hiding in my room and I felt God was sitting down in there with me. Like, when my aunt, like two years ago now, my cousin that it happened to as well because me and her was living in the same household. She reached out to me. We had talked since we were kids and she was, it opened up a can of worms. Her mother confronted my step-grandmother about this situation because my step-grandmother and my step-grandfather was molesting both of us. Right. And so it kind of blew up. This is two years ago. And I still feel like it's being covered up because even though I know my mom did me no harm to me, she was like, well, they about to die now. And the majority of them are dead, but I'm not dead. I still live with what they left in me. So is it like, just because they're about to die or they are already dead that it doesn't matter you know right and that was like a shock to me and then my ex told me like you may never get those answers you want from your mother you may never get those answers you want from those people you gotta let that hurt go and i'm not i'm definitely not trying to hold on to it trust me i have let it go in so many ways in so many forms and so many things so for me to constantly be afraid sometimes. Like, I'm a survivor, I'm very strong. But when it comes to my kids, I'm like a helicopter parent. And I hate that. Being protective, yeah. I hate that because I feel like I damaged my child. She has uh, something that's called secondary trauma. Not because she experienced it, because she see what I go through. And I actually brought my, my kids to a therapist. Whenever they lost their grandfather, we would go to grief counseling and stuff like that. And that's what he told me. He was like, they have secondary trauma. Mm. That's hard. Because that means me trying to protect them, that I was so overprotective that I harmed them. Like, Unintentionally. And, and that, that kind of made me sit back like, well, if I can't protect them, then what, what am I here for? How do you not see your child feel the pain of your child when something is wrong with my kids if they got a stomach ache they eyelash not flipping the right way i know i feel it as a mother so for me to go through what i went through i used to ask how she couldn't feel my pain but then i started thinking up because she was trying to survive too yeah she had her own pain beat. yeah you're constantly getting beat i don't think she was turning a blind eye to it but i think she didn't know i sometimes i used to feel like because i used to speak on it but you know and it, it was hard. It was hard, like, dealing with it. And as an adult, you do certain things and you look for certain things, and it sometimes brings you to the wrong people that you constantly getting hurt. You looking for, you think it's love, but you're causing yourself pain. That's not the type of Because of the people. pattern. Yeah, because yeah. of the pattern. Now, it's like I accept stuff that I shouldn't accept. I accept people disrespecting me or doing stuff to me and I write it off as a child I used to 
it's like I would have an out of body experience. So now when I go through trauma now, I separate myself. I can be in that moment, but I'm on the outside looking in. I mean, it's the, it's not a, I love how you call it an outer body experience. What I call it, I use is my, I always tell people so they can understand it because a lot of people don't get it. It's like your, your human self and your, your soul are yeah, two separate things. That's pretty much what Because it your is. human self feels all these things and has all these emotions and they're like, da, 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 like, this is how your human self should feel. It's the ego, you know? It's like, this is how I should feel about it. And then your, your spiritual self is like, this is the higher sourceful knowing of what happened to you. You're learning a lesson. You're on this journey. You have to transition into this being so that you can change. You use your your gifts to heal others. You know, you use your experiences to heal others. That's our purpose, to, to experience each other. Right. It, you know, it was weird ever since I was very, very small. I always really had an amazing spiritual connection, like with the afterlife. Like, I would see stuff. I would hear stuff. And, um, I remember when I was really, really young, God was so my godmother was my mother's aunt and my dad's aunt or whatever. Um, she was like, she mentioned something about possibly being born with a bell over my face or something like that. And I was like, I, you know, I don't know what that right. is. But she mentioned it in a spiritual way. She was like, you know, you have, you're going to have gifts and one day you're going to have to accept them. But I can't tell you what they are right now. As I got old, I used to, you know, see things and hear things. And when I was really small, my aunt um, and cousins, uh, stepmother and cousins got in a car accident. And I wasn't at the scene or nothing. But I woke my mom up and I told her, I was like, hey, mom, you know, I just had this dream. And she started fussing at me. She was like, who told you that? Who told you? I was like, nobody told me that. Three minutes later, the phone rang and they called and said, everything that I said in my dream happened, literally happened. It was two groups of family members, some leaving prom and some going to the prom at the party, and they hit each other. Mm. And the majority of them died. And I feel like people who are um, addicts or people who have traumas, they do have gifts, and it's like an overload of sensation. Yeah, it's a, there is, it's a sensory overload, I would mm -hmm. say. You feel things like a lot of people think, oh, you know, I could be the life of the party, and then, I, then I'll be nothing. Because I get a sense where, like, I feel like if I walk in a room of, of people, it's like I feel what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. Like, I can Feeling. technically hear them. And sometimes it used to freak me out. And I used to be like, what in the world is this? Like, what am I going through? But it's, not, it's like I'm feeling their auras. Yep. And I can see when somebody, I can feel when somebody's hurting, even with a smile on their face. I can see, I literally sometimes can look at a person and look through them. And then I can tell them, like, you know, Dating people, they used to be like, oh, my God, I hate when you do that because you literally know what I'm thinking. And gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't doing it on purpose. It's just that that's how I was feeling. That's what I was going through. And it's on a whole nother level. So I kind of seclude myself. I try not to be around a lot of people because I have enough in me. I don't need to absorb it. That's so crazy about it. Like, is somebody going through pain? Like, I could literally, literally put my hands on them in remove it yeah they'll feel better but then i'll start feeling bad and i had to start saying like i was absorbing it and i was like no i'm gonna just leave this for my kids my kids are going through something i will happen what's the difference between pain. absorbing and transmuting when you transmute the energy you're able to give it without pulling it yeah in. and that's what i need to learn um, how to how to right 
effectively transmute it without absorbing it. Right. I think that's a, a another topic we're gonna have to touch right. on. Right. You and my friend Dwayne, y'all the ones told me about. But yeah. Um. But like touching back on that. Y'all kind of told me about those things or whatever. Like you voiced it to me as well. And I did a a, a testimony for the one other day. And I said, I'm going to do one for you as well. But like everything y'all told me. And like, I was like, look, this real. It's pivotal. Yeah. Because to experience what I've gone through. And like I said, it's horrible. We may not have enough time to talk about it all. But just surviving that, surviving being um constantly molested abused um just feel like you don't exist to people then invalidated yeah growing up falling in love with people that you feel like don't see you that's how i feel like in my relationships like i'm doing all of this everything that i possibly can mm-hmm. and getting all the praise y'all telling me all this but I resonate with that 100%. Especially because when you're a high vibrational being, people will see the light and they will want the light, but they don't know how to nurture the light. They don't know how to take it. So you think, oh, they love me because. told me that. And he's like, I don't know what to do with this. He was like, you're the first person. He was like, he married somebody. And he married somebody. And he never felt the way he felt about that person. But with me, it came so easily. And he was afraid. Mm-hmm. That, that's what he told me. He was like, I did not know how to love you. He told me okay, this a confirm. couple of days. Yeah, he was confirm like. Confirm some shit for me today. Like <laughs> 15, 15 years later, you speak on that. He was like, I know to this day that I did not know. I did not understand. He said, it made me rethink everything that I ever went through in life. Mm-hmm. It made me rethink, was I ever in love? I was like, well. But at the same time, you didn't fight for me. You wasn't there. You, you you don't know how. And but that's what he said. He said, now I communicate. Now I talk. He said, but at that time, I didn't know what to do. I was afraid. Mm-hmm. He said, I he said, pride, my pride. But you know what? Effort. And that's a good I feel like that's a good way to put it. Because sometimes when you're afraid of someone's light. It's different than taking total advantage of it and just like being like, it's yeah. this light and it's beautiful and I just want all of it yeah, and I just want to suck it dry. Why was like, he said, this was so crazy. Was like, I was afraid of hurting you. But, and I said, but you hurt me. He was like, and that's that's what I was afraid of. He was like, it's like being around you, being with you, it's like a pure ecstasy. Mm-hmm. It's just all amazing. He said, and it was common. It's like you sitting in the middle of the garden of Eden. And I ain't never heard nobody's time just stops. You yeah, know? and it's like, and then all of a sudden, here comes the apple. And I was like, well, I don't got nothing to do with the apple. He was like, but no, that's how it seems. Like when you enjoying something and you feel like everything is right in the world, and then you're hit with boom. Now I got all this goodness. Do I deserve that's a scary this? thing? Yeah. yeah. So, but like I said, that that's it makes me accept certain. That was a message for me, everybody. That wasn't for the podcast. <laughs> that was she was talking to my soul just now, you know, mm-hmm. in the face of uh, being loved with light and yeah. and okay. I and I I have I'll amazing people in my life now that just shows me love and even if it's not relations, you know, 
or rom romantic relationships like my friends are like so amazing i have a great support system but then at the same time i feel like i don't because we're all adults and we're all going through our own things so i have to sometimes let my friends be in their moments and it's help when we come back together it's like nothing ever happened but when i get my certain ways and I start shutting down I have to let people know this has nothing to do with you this I'm self-reflecting strictly me yeah because at first I didn't know how to deal with it I never knew what depression was for a long time I learned about that within the last four or five years I never knew what anxiety was till my daughter started to experience it when I really dug deep into it and started finding out okay I need to make sure my kids are okay then I started learning okay they're like that because of what I went through yeah they get that from me and that's important because people of color don't um we don't like to address that we don't like when, to address therapy we don't like to address anxiety depression emotions mm -hmm. uh that's a big one especially older when people the older crowd when when i used to get upset as a child i'm realizing it wasn't me being upset it was anxiety Mm -hmm. I used to get so angry. I used to, uh, the doctor told me I would catch anger seizures. I would get so mad. But people were like, why are you so mad all the time? But I'm sitting here, like, the I would be in my happiest moments when I would be at school around my friends. And I tell my friends this all the time. I tell them that my friends the tribe. I had the most amazing tribe growing up because my, kid, my friends just don't know how much they saved me. And me and... I love my best friend so much. It's just so crazy. I just, my best friend recently lost her husband. Mm. And then we all kind of started, you know, touching on what we was going through. And one of my uh, best friends that she said, it's so crazy how we sit back and we just don't know how much we were saving each other. Mm -hmm. She was like, you would come to school every day with a smile on your face, just as happy. But at home, I was dying, dying on the inside, being hurt. I was molested up until the age of 15 and that was hard right because it's like and anger is an emotion i tell people when people somebody's angry they're not angry they're sad or they're you know like it's not just angry we're not just angry like there's a there's a reason that we're angry so even even with the people that molested you through the years it's like you you didn't just do that just because like there was some kind of miserable negative spirit inside of you that preyed on this light that you had and that's what it was this darkness needed that light to thrive it did and you know you just happened to be that catalyst you know for what was going on and understanding that makes that's self-reflective in itself you know mm -hmm. Um, as painful as it is, it's like, it's pain for everybody. At that point, it becomes like this big, not only your pain, but the pain every time that happened, it was the pain of, you know, the people Yeah, like as well. As an adult going through what I went through, when I get hurt now, or when I used to get, like, see if I used to go through something bad in year, previous years, not as now, because I, I have clarity on it, but say I was in a relationship person was cheating or doing whatever everything bad that ever happened to me in my life would flash before my eyes and it felt like a volcano inside of me erupting like I'm going through this you know like why and I would see it and I used to say I call myself a little black girl lost and the, and it's crazy and it's because I'm not lost I'm not lost anymore 
my kids saved me. And I tell people that if it was not for my kids, even though I was a young mother, God knew what he was doing when he gave me those kids. Yeah. Because they were my saving grace. Because if it wasn't for my kids, I would have been going a long time. Yeah. Because you you say you got molested until you're 15, and then you have a baby at 16. So was it like a transition from this and then now I'm searching for something right. because now this is missing? Because even though this was wrong, it's still something that's missing. Right. And it's, it's crazy because it's like, you know, people look at you and think, oh, you got pregnant so young. You must have been out here doing stuff you wasn't supposed to do. No, I was not doing none of that. I was preyed on. That's the difference. Yep. So, and I never forget it. I remember every single thing that happened to me like it was yesterday like i like if it just happened like if i pinch myself and i could feel it and it's like it lives in me and i don't know how to let it go like i want to and i real life feel i have high functioning depression mm -hmm. because i can go at the speed of light i have to burn my my body i'll be the happiest person but when my mind stops and i have to be with myself I'm not okay. Right. Something important that I was told in therapy once um, when I went because my, my kid's father had just passed and I was like, I need to get back into therapy. And I was on the search and, and therapy can be like this thing. It's kind of like dating because you have to find the right therapist yes. for you. And I found my therapist and she's amazing. And one thing she said, the first thing she said to me was, grieving is what happens on the inside and grief is not just death grief is just any type of loss she's like grieving is what happens on the inside how you feel on the inside that vibrational feeling that that triggering feeling mm -hmm. you might feel when you see buildings or something but mourning is what happens on the outside it's things that you might get robbed of things that you didn't get to do you didn't get to reflect on that building you know, a few years after it happened, you went back 20 years later and now you're stuck in this trigger moment. Of, Literally 20. Yeah. This, I heard 20 in my head. This triggering moment for you and you're standing there like, what do I do with this? You born it. That's what you should have expressed I say, it. I was going to go back and make a documentary of all the areas. Yeah, it needs a picture. Take a picture of it. Like it places that it happened to me and certain stuff like that because, you know, you know, for my book and stuff like that, and when I drive, like I go down there, people are like, oh, you never come out here. I you never come out here because every part of that place hunts me. I wasn't raised on love. I was raised on survival. I had to survive. I had to do everything by myself. And the thing that hurt me the most is the people that were supposed to love me in every instance always ended up being the people that hurt me as well. Even in relationships. Yeah. When you love somebody and they turn around and hurt you, you were supposed to love me. I have opened up to you. I have allowed you in. I have taken down my walls. And yet you knew all this about me and you still hurt me. Right. So. And I think love is one of those things where it's like hurt exist but i think it's kind of like we have to figure out what what's the the reasonable hurt and the mm -hmm. unreasonable hurt now so when did it. you yeah i was gonna say when did you kind of like learn the difference like oh because you know if someone's expressing themselves and it hurts you uh, it's not a good expression yeah. someone expressing themselves should never harm you yeah uh hashtag kanye west <laughs> uh <laughs> but i'm just saying you know that that becomes like this big it's like a, fl a flip, like you have to learn how to, especially being 
of so much light. You have to learn how to know, like, that's not love. Now you know? I take it as the saying is there like some people are in your life to teach you a lesson in the different seasons. I take it as a lesson now. So when I get here now, okay, so God was telling me, look, I'm going to teach you this. Don't go back to this, but you still went back. Now that's on you. Mm-hmm. I take it as like, when you, it's like, what's that saying? Is when you're small, you teach the kids that you don't want them to break anything that's hot. Even if it's not hot, that's hot. Don't touch that. You got to burn your hands sometimes. Yeah, I burnt my hand many times, probably again and again, until I had to realize that it wasn't them hurting me anymore. I was hurting me. I was hurting me because I was allowing them to hurt me. People so now that can't be in my space. Yeah. Now I feel like when I see people giving off these vibes, I cut it. If I feel like we're going to be combative, and the only way I'm a real life fight for you, I really have to love you. And I see something in you that you don't see in yourself. But then even then, I'm at my point of best as far as I'm going to go. I'm going to let you walk through that door by yourself. Right. Because if you have something inside of you that other people don't see, I can motivate you. But yeah, I can only do But so you're much. not going to break me down. I can't you. save you. Right. Yeah. I'm not playing. And that had to be a big difference, a a big transition too for me, like wanting to save everyone because you see this potential. Because some people can have a a, a seed but not want to plant it. Yeah, you know. That's what I was about to say. Like I seen and I tried and I reached out to to so many people, but and like I'm a helper. That's what I do. I love seeing, you know, everyone thrive, especially in our black community. But anyone, anyone that will come to me for help, I don't mind that. I don't do for people because I'm going to get something in return. I never look at it like that. I do it and I forget about it. No, I don't need nothing back or anything like that. I take it with a grain of salt now. I don't mix stuff in my life. If I look at it and see that it's going to be a toxic environment, I'm not going. You can't even do it. When people ask you to go somewhere, who all over there? 